this week, we react to two jaw-droppingly crazy stories. One's from Savage Love, and the other one is from Am I the Asshole on Reddit. And then there's a bit of talk about the perception of skinny versus fat and the joys of smoking. And in this week's self-care segment, the benefits of a good cry. in front of my face one was sent to me by a friend slash listener mm-hmm. and it's an am i the asshole fabulous and the other one i just happened to stumble upon it was a question that was sent to dan savage to his savage love um advice column uh both oh, both God, of these okay both I of these things are so jaw-dropping to me that I can hardly—I—I I don't even know which one to mention first. I think—I think, you know what? I think I'm gonna do the Savage Love one first. Okay, because oh my god! Okay, okay. I'm just, oh my god! Okay, I'm just gonna—I'm just gonna read. It's one little paragraph. I'm just gonna read the whole thing. <sighs> so. <laughs> And I did kind of skim what Dan's advice that he gave. Uh, it took him a while to even do that, to even give any advice because he was oh. so stunned by this. I'm a 24-year-old gay man in a long-term relationship with a 31-year-old bi man. I've known since we got together that he's a lot more sexually experienced than I am, both in number of partners and stuff that he's tried, but it's never been a big deal before now. This weekend, he met my parents for what we thought would be the first time, but it turns out that 10 years ago, during his, quote, big buy slut phase, his words, they had a threesome. Oh, oh, oh my god i recognize wow. that no one did anything wrong here they were three consenting adults and it's not like anyone could have known that he and i <laughs> would get together in the future but also my boyfriend fucked my parents oh I'm, my my i'm mortified he's mortified I may never be able to look at my parents, but I assume they're mortified. Please help us find a way to move past this. Signed, I knew he was into blondes. Oh my god. I say just break up. I mean... Mm-hmm. Wow. All right for the parents for getting that hot stuff. <laughs> totally good for them. Right. But... But wow. But wow, I could never, 
ever suck the dick that had fucked my mother. I'm sorry. And, and can, I, just, on, I, can yeah. I also no. say, no. hooray for parents having a threesome that involved a dude. Instead of just bringing, bringing some chick in, they're bringing a dude in because that is not usually the way that goes. That's usually not the way the husband of the couple wants oh, it to go. That's totally fabulous if they went in that direction. But even so, like... I mean, knowing totally. it's been up your mother. I totally want to interview him for like two hours. I want to know what he thinks, what his mom says, oh what his God. dad says. I want to know everything. Because And one of the things that... Um, because I... I was like, details, I mean, details. you know, whatever the human equivalent of set the house on fire and leave. I like, I, I don't, I, I, I personally could not look any of those people in the eye ever again. Like, I don't think I could handle that at all. I can't handle the thought of my parents having sex with each other, let alone <laughs> my husband. You know, I, I yeah, can't even no. comprehend it. So, but I did look, I did glance through the advice that was eventually given and it, and it basically came down to it's going to depend on how solid is this relationship? Like how much do you want this relationship with this guy to work? Because you can walk away from this guy right now. You know, it's like this guy is the one relationship you could just walk away from. And so you totally have that option and no one would fault you for it. But if you really think this is the relationship that you're going to have, and the guy is really young and odds are this ain't the guy. This is not your long term. This is not oh, the rest totally of you. it's totally not his long term. Please. It's like you're 21. You? you have not met the guy. Please. There's going to be 20 it's more. Like th- it's like 31 or whatever. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. He's 24 and the lover's 31. Oh, yeah. Just walk away, please. Yeah. Walk away. Walk away. It's a, it's an amazing story. You're going to tell at parties for the rest of yeah, your life. Yeah, just break up. There's going to be 20 more before he settles down and get over it and look back on it in 20 years and laugh. Because, I mean, please. you're never going to want to have sex with that guy ever again. I mean, just, oh, my God. Just horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, that is absolutely fascinating. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's. I want the Lifetime movie. Yeah, totally, totally. I do. I want to know everything. I mean, there's so many things that I want to know, but I know this guy doesn't. Like, does this guy? I mean, did did who who did who? Like, did the dad do the boyfriend, or did the boyfriend do the dad, or was it both ways? I I know I want to know everything, but I bet the guy doesn't. Oh my god, I, oh. I bet he rimmed the mother while the dad was fucking him up the ass oh, with no so condom. Fascinating. I god, how so fabulous. Wow. Wow. And also was the was was he like having a sleepover at his friend's house at the time? Because this only happened 10 years earlier. The kid would have been like 14 years old. Oh. He was 14. He lived with his parents. So 
where did this fucking take place? Did it take place like was he at home with a babysitter? Was he just at home playing oh, yeah, video games? Oh totally probably met the parents at the sex club. And the kid was just home playing video games, I guess. I oh, don't know. I can't even I don't wow. even know what that life is. I don't even know how these things happen. Was it Craigslist? I don't know. Swingers Club, girl. Swingers Club. So many questions. So many questions. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <gasps> A Lifetime movie starring Joey Lawrence. Yes. And Judith Light. Because Lifetime would be all over <laughs> this shit. Absolutely. And uh, Jack Wagner. Oh, yeah. Totally Justin Bieber, Be the Young One. No, I'm thinking yes. more like, um, I was thinking a little more of, a, a, going a little more of a Zac Efron kind of way. But I, anyway, anyway, that's just me. And if my, my, right. my Hayden can be the older one, my Hayden. <laughs> now there's about 20 of them out there. What will we do? Don't worry, we're safe in here. They'll never get in. Why is it that in every zombie story, people always think that their safe haven is invulnerable? I know. It's like, hello, the walkers are totally going to get in. You better get ready for it. <laughs> Diane, get behind me. No, it's not stopping. Do something, Jack. And another thing. How come nobody in a zombie story has ever seen a zombie story? Do you know how much time in human life would be saved if just one person in the group was up on the genre? What do we do? Aim, Aim for, for the, the head. head. What? Aim, Aim for, for the, the head. head. You heard them. Aim for the head. Quick, Diane. I think we should try and fix the barricades. I think we should listen to them. Now that's the first good idea they've had all episode. I still don't think they're going to make it. Aim for the Head, a weekly podcast covering the hit AMC programs The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Join hosts Diana and Steve as they recap and discuss the latest episodes. Aim for the Head, available on iTunes. You can also follow them on Facebook. as, as mind-blowing as it can be but i i guarantee you this this am i the asshole is as jaw-dropping it doesn't involve fucking but it's amazing now i had to unfortunately i had to i had to go find an article that quoted it because the actual am i the asshole on reddit was deleted oh the link was no more. But because it was... How dare they delete when I want to say Probably because it's so... Are you fucking kidding me? And I... <laughs> I, I mean... You'll, you'll realize... I mean, considering how bad so many of these Am I the Assholes are, um, I'm... It's amazing because I, I, I I'm surprised more of them aren't deleted, frankly. But this did get picked up by a lot of articles, so I I printed one out and I just sort of I had to pull out all like to get rid of all the bullshit commentary that the article writer had to put in between every other sentence, you know. So okay, I'm just going to read the actual text of the post. Okay. So um. I'll I'll just I'll just give an introductory statement because the first statement in this uh, doesn't 
is couldn't be the first sentence. Basically, we've got a guy who rents a room, like in a guy's house. like 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 if I rented out bedrooms in my house, like you know, like and I'm like the landlord and I'm renting out rooms in my house to like college students or whatever, like that kind of a situation. Landlord rented out the other room to a mom and her two-year-old daughter. Wasn't a big fan of the idea, but I have no input on who gets the room, as each room is a separate lease. I quashed the idea very early on that I will watch, feed, or entertain the kid in any way. She's asked a few times for me to watch her daughter just for a bit, and share food that I have ordered, but I've made it clear that it will not happen every time. Okay. She texted me on Saturday while I was playing a game that she had a family emergency and I need to watch the kid overnight. No response to my texts after that. Fuck that, so I called the cops and told them the child was abandoned. After that, I left and went to a movie with my phone on silent. I'm not sure what happened after, but she was back when I came home from the movie. She is trying to get the landlord involved now, too. Am I the asshole? Now, I was totally on this dude's side (laughs) up until he said, after that I left and went to a movie. So... She's a bitch for assuming that someone will just watch her two-year-old. And you know that I have strong opinions because I've had a roommate that had a toddler. Oh my God, yes. And I was the disciplinarian. I I did all kinds of child care situations. I drove the child to child care, to daycare. I picked up the child from daycare. I did all kinds of shit. It was not my fucking child. I was late to work because of having to schlep a child that wasn't mine. So I have strong opinions about this is not my child. This is not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. But calling the cops and then walking away, leaving a two-year-old, I mean... The child was abandoned in part because you left the house. As much as I despise babies and I despise toddlers, which I do, Mm -hmm. I would have stayed to watch it. Until the cops got there. Yeah, I would have stayed to watch it to say that because you can't leave it by itself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, but I would have been sweet and loving to the kid because the kid doesn't deserve his parents' shit. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not the kid's fault. Yeah, it's some kind of junky bullshit going on. Some ghetto-ass mom. Like, if I had to go to work and she's still not back and it's like, bitch, you were supposed to be back. I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, if it happened again, I would have totally told the cops if she wasn't there. Yeah. But the idea that... I would have been really pissed, but... The idea that he would call the police and then just leave yeah that's fucking outrageous yeah they're both assholes they're both assholes yeah but the fact oh my god i mean the fact that the guy it reminds me so much when someone is this much of an asshole but they tell their own story 
I mean, he at least is having the decency to say, am I the asshole? Because that tells me that some part of him is considering he might be the Mm -hmm. asshole. Whereas if the worst person in the world was telling the story, he'd be like, I mean, I'm not going to feel sorry for that. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize for that because I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, she was wrong and I had every right to go to, to call the police and go to the movie because that's what the worst person in the world would have done. But. Oh my God! You know, but it's just making me think of like you know when I lived in Santa Cruz, when I was in college, um, mm-hmm. I lived in two houses and I rented rooms. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if people do that anymore, but that's what we did back then. Is we just rented rooms because it was too goddamn expensive to live any place on your own. Yeah. You know, back then, if somebody had moved into one of my houses with a kid. Oh my God, I would have freaked out. I would have probably not said anything, but I would have never in a million years offered to take care of it. And I would have been very unhappy. Oh yeah, no no way in hell. Oh, I would have totally been like, get that thing the fuck away from me if I was asked. I would be like in my room by myself all the time. So it's a little weird to me that this guy would even say that he was opening to take care of the kid at all. Yeah. I mean, even for a little bit of time, because that's opening yourself up to be taken advantage of, I think. That's to- Yeah, that's totally opening the door. Yeah. Yeah, really weird. Weird situation. I mean, I can't... If I was renting a room in a house, I think I would treat that room like an efficiency apartment, and I would have... I mean, all of my stuff would be in my bedroom. I would live completely in that bedroom... I would only leave the bedroom to go to the bathroom. Like I I would probably have a mini fridge in my bedroom. Like I I don't think I would leave my bedroom ever. Like I I don't think if I was in that situation that I would ever interact with anyone else in the house ever. But that's also me. Yeah, I don't know. That's just really <laughs> You know. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I mean, at least in like roommate situations there's an agreement where it's like you and I are agreeing that we are moving in together and we are sharing this house and we have an agreement Mm -hmm. that we are sharing bills and blah, blah, blah. But it's not you and I are moving into someone else's house. Yeah. Cause I was just, I mean, you know, when I was back renting rooms and if I was that position where I was looking for a room, well, even like if you, like you wouldn't move into a house where they had children. Yeah, what the fuck is up with the landlord even allowing that kind of shit? It's really, the whole situation is so awful. Awful. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't even care if it was a relative, they could stay in the garage and the kid would be locked in all the time. There's a doghouse in the yard. Yeah, I would never want to see it. You can put a bowl of food outside. Yeah, and the weird, that sort of living situation, if you have a two-year-old, you know, in a living situation like that, you're leaving, moving in with college students or artists or hippies or something that a two-year-old wouldn't necessarily be healthy around. Or let's face it, the realistic part of it is junkies, drunks. Um, hello. Yeah, just really fucking stupid. Yeah, it's a very transient kind of situation. Really stupid. It's like a month-to-month situation. Yeah, yeah that's not the case with everything, but yeah, come on. No. Mm-mm. But 
But yeah, if you're only renting a room in an established house, you're, you are being extremely temporary. That is not a permanent situation. If you are renting a room, that's, uh, that is, that is very much until I find another place. Uh, you know, and it's funny because I'm just going back in my mind to when I lived in the first house in Santa Cruz with the old fart, grouchy, disgruntled old hippie artist, Russell Nyron. Okay. And, oh, he hated me. You know, oh, I was loud and I was immature and he didn't like my friends and he couldn't stand the fact that I talked on the phone because I was too loud. And I can only imagine what he would have done if my landlady at the time, which was his lover, by the way, um, would have allowed somebody to move in with a two-year-old. Oh, my God. Was that the situation where... earthly idea. Where you had the rotten therapist and you stood up to the guy and you told your therapist and then your therapist said, oh, well, aren't you the big man? Oh, yeah. That totally was that situation with that therapist, Hyla Michelson. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Russell would have flipped out. We would have had to call the cops. Yeah. Not dealt with it whatsoever. Well, yeah, because it's not like that child is going to be silent. I mean, and because I've lived, I've... You know, I've had a roommate, although in the in the situation where I had the roommate who had a toddler, it wasn't so much that I had a roommate who had a toddler. It was that I had a roommate who said, hey, other person who has a toddler, why don't you come live with us? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't that she was supposed to be the roommate. It was just, hey, Mm -hmm. person with no job and a toddler, how about you come live in our house? Even though there isn't, like, another bedroom or anything. Why don't you just come live here? And let's not check with Amelia first. Let's just make this decision on my own and not actually ask. Oh, and I remember that. Yeah, she has an opinion on that. It was just a totally random thing. And you were like, oh, I guess is moving in with me with her daughter. Yeah, totally remember. You know, we've had the whole bad roommate discussion anyway. But I mean, you know, there's just, there's just nothing quite like that. Anyway. (laughs) Well, you know, that person, totally different discussion, but, you know, it's kind of evergreen and fabulous. The Year of Self-Care. Have you seen the movie Broadcast News? Albert Brooks, Holly Hunter, William Hurt plays the devil. Well, not really, except kind of exactly. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, get on that shit. It's a goddamn masterpiece. But the reason I bring it up is I was thinking about how Jane, Holly Hunter's character, sets aside a certain amount of time every day for a good cry. Not that Jane is someone we should be aspiring to emulate emotionally, because, my God, she's a bit of a mess. But I think she's on to something. Because there's a reason why that phrase a good cry exists. Crying can be, like, really good for us. And if you have a reason to cry, 
then you definitely should be crying. Let that shit out. Your body is making you cry for a reason. Lots of reasons, in fact. The release of endorphins, which not only make you feel good, but actually lessen physical pain. The activation of your parasympathetic nervous system, which relaxes you in every way. The release and removal of stress hormones from your body. The flushing of germs and irritants from your mucous membranes. I mean, so much good stuff happens when you let go and let that big, full snot cry come out of you. And you know, one really good reason, maybe the best reason of all, is that we really need to feel our feelings. All of them. Like, if you don't have the full palette of emotions, you don't really feel anything. I tend to forget that. I'm so accustomed to stuffing them down, down, down. And then there was all those years on mood stabilizers, so only the strongest waves of emotion could break through that barrier of numbness. I know what I need is to let myself, or make myself, feel all the feelings. And that's where Holly Hunter's character in Broadcast News comes in. Jane makes herself cry every day, because she is under so much stress at work, and frankly, she just can't leave this stuff to chance. Like, she's smart enough to know it's all in there, and it needs to come out somehow, so she schedules it. Now, maybe that's not a perfect plan, because, you know, life. But if you're like me, and you aren't accustomed to just getting your ugly cry on, it might not be a bad idea to make that effort. Probably not every day. More like once a week or so. Just to see how it feels, at first. I'm thinking a tearjerker movie is the best way to go. Now, maybe you don't need to watch an entire movie. Just the part that hits you like a train full of sadness. Like the first ten minutes of Up. When Dorothy tells the Scarecrow that she'll miss him most of all. When the sky lights up with Ravagers for Yondu's funeral in the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Who's your friend who likes to play Bing Bong Bing Bong? Did I get ya? <sighs> so, let's promise ourselves that we're going to try to cry more. Even if it's just to clean the pollen out of our sinuses. <sighs> Did you know that when Richard Kind spoke Bing Bong's last line, he was totally crying? Take her to the moon for me, okay? Ugh, bastard. of i was going through that that shoe box of pictures that i found of my mom's and somehow there was actually some pictures of me from um not my prom when my prom when i had no date but his prom because he was the year behind me but i went as his date to his prom in the same prom dress and so there was like pictures of of the two of us he was kind of cute back then when he didn't like speak or in his cute little anything. white tuxedo jacket and his cute little boutonniere and everything. He was cute. He sure was, but oh, he turned into something yeah. else. Alas, 
But weren't we all cute in high school and then not so much later? <laughs> well, yeah, but we all think that we're still back with the way we were, but, you know, we're You know, it's not. weird. I, I recently uh, found, you know, digging through a bunch of old pictures and found some pictures of me from, like, like during my college years and really shocked by how skinny I was and how I... You could not have convinced me back then that I wasn't enormously oh, fat. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Because I was told all the time that I was enormously fat. You know, my whole life I was told I was enormously fat. You know, and it's, I mean, it, it, people people always like to joke that, you know, oh, I wish I was as fat as I was when I thought I was fat. As opposed to when I actually was fat. I never but thought of like, you as fat. You were just me and fat. You were just you and fabulous. Well, yeah, but I mean, when I was over 300 pounds, I was absolutely fat. I guess, but yeah, I never saw it as that. But so. I, but even, but in, in college, but I, but I've been over 200 pounds my entire adult life. And there is no one... You know, who wouldn't consider 200 pounds to be pretty fucking fat? But when I look at pictures of myself, actually back then in college, I probably was more like 190. But when I look at pictures of my mother when she was 190, she looked really fat. Like before she got sick, because that's how much she weighed before she got sick. Yeah. Oh, okay. She went from 190 to one, like 119 really fast. I never thought of your mom as fat at all. I mean, no, uh-uh, never. Oh, mom was uh, well, mom was a fat kid, so she like mm-hmm. starved herself as soon as she graduated from high school. Like, there's her senior picture, like when she's like eighteen years old, and then she had her picture taken a year later, and she looks like a completely different person because she's like half the size that she was. You know, <laughs> she. When she became, you know, a working girl and working in an office and, mm. you know, she started smoking and stopped eating and she dropped a lot of weight really fast because, you know, smoking is one of the best diets you can do. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, but then she quit, you know, when she quit smoking, because that was like, well, actually, by the time, by the time she met her um, pulmonologist because he never saw her at 190. She Because al- she already had the blood disease for a while. She had already been on chemo for a while by then. But because she had commented something to him about how much weight she had lost. And he was like, well, how much did you weigh before you got sick? And she goes, 190. And his eyes got all big. But then, but it, nothing, nothing could match the, when she first went to him and, um, and and it was the whole like you know, okay. So uh, have you have you ever smoked? Yes. Oh oh oh, you quit? Yes. Well, when did you start smoking? Uh, when I was when I was eighteen. And when did you stop smoking? Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday. It's like what? It's like well yeah, well yeah, I stopped smoking <laughs> yesterday. And it was just kind of like like he didn't believe that she really stopped. But the thing was. 
Mom could have, she literally could have stopped at any time because when she would go into the hospital, like when she had her, like when she had her uh, heart attack and whatever, uh, well, which ended up not really being a heart attack, but they thought it was a heart attack um, until she got in the hospital and they realized it was fine. Um, but she was in the hospital for like four days while they were running tests on her. She didn't crave cigarettes the whole time she was in the hospital. And then she got home and the first thing she did was light up a cigarette because of course she did. But she could have, she could have easily just not had another cigarette, you know, but she liked smoking too much. Oh, no. And she would, I could never And she would be sitting at the kitchen table and doing like the breathing exercises with all the things from the, you know, all the things that her, her other doctor gave her because she was having she was starting to have like before she went to the pulmonologist she was having her regular doctor gave her these tests to you know these little sucking and blowing machine things where you try to make the thing go up and down and she would be doing her breathing exercises and then when she'd finished doing that she'd light a cigarette and one day my dad was just like what are you doing and like it didn't even occur to her like it didn't click in her head that it was like that maybe she should light cigarette right after doing that see what i love more than anything else is you're doing your nebulizer treatment you turn on that machine you know you inhale the medicine and then you take a drag of a cigarette and then you do some more now that is living okay i'll take your word for it oh so fabulous would that would that have been when you had pleurisy oh i never smoked when i had pleurisy but i do know a a resident that would smoke right after the nebulizer right and i thought it was fabulous she'd go right down outside and then have some more and then go and finish her treatment yeah, because mom never had, she never had a nebulizer, but she had, I mean, you know, we had all the home oxygen and all that shit for her, but. And she died of old age. Had nothing to do with smoking. Well, yeah. I mean, mom had all kinds of weird lung shit before, you know, but it was never, you know, she didn't have lung cancer. She never had even one little spot of lung cancer. She just had, you know, she had weird. Like they, they would do x-rays and they would think she had, it would look like pneumonia, but then they would look closer and it would be fluid in the pleural cavity instead of inside her lung. And then they would just go in and drain that cavity and then she'd be fine. But then eventually it would fill back up and then they'd just put a little, a little shunt in and then they would just have a, a, a nurse come every couple days and just suck the fluid out. Yeah. Well, and every time, <laughs> every time you got pleurisy, you would you would say that you were never going to smoke again because your lungs hurt so bad. Oh yeah, pleurisy was seriously the most painful thing that I ever had in my entire life. But then I would just start smoking again. As soon as you, as soon as your lungs stopped hurting, you would fill them with smoke. But if I was diagnosed with lung cancer tomorrow, I would not stop smoking because what would be the point you know the damage would already be done i would just keep on going and enjoy the rest of my life 
I can't. And I'd be like, well, you know, it's happened, so here I am. See, I can't, I can't imagine what's pleasurable about smoking. I can't, I can't even imagine it. Like, I, like, I know what's pleasurable about smoking pot, but it's not the act of smoking. The act of smoking is nothing. It's the, it's what you get afterwards. I don't even know anymore. But it's just ecstasy yeah. to light a cigarette. And the treatment for lung cancer is so awful. Oh, hell no. No treatment. I mean, having a lung removed or even a part of a lung removed is so awful. No, it wouldn't be worth it because I was going to die anyway. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> and honestly, chemo is so awful. Chemo's so awful. When my mom first went on chemo... Um, she, well, she had, she would have to get like a shot of chemo like once a week. But when she first got on chemo, she had to have a shot every day for like two weeks. And that, that two weeks, she was so fucking sick that she was like, she wanted to die. And it was like, I've never, I've never seen her like that. She was so miserable. And I was like, my God, and this is mild fucking chemo. Because she didn't even really have cancer. This was like preventative chemo. This was like the lowest possible dose of chemo. And it was making her that sick. I can't even imagine full-on chemo. No, you know, and I remember my godmother went through chemo. She had breast cancer. And... You know, she had to go through chemo, and she had gotten a mastectomy, all of that. Right. Um, and she was fine for years, um, but then the cancer came back. And I remember talking to her, and she said that, you know, she was old, she'd had a good life, and she was just going to let herself go rather than go through the chemo again because she said that the chemo was worse yeah. than the actual sickness. And she was just going to let herself go. Oh, God, yeah. If you're 86, fuck that. Yeah. I've known people who were, like, you know, like, in their 60s. Like, and you know, not, not even particularly that old. But who were just like, nope, not even going to treat the cancer. Just like, because, they, because they'd known, like, their parents had gone through chemo or they'd known no, people. No, they're not going to beat it. They're just going to postpone what's going to happen and they're not going to beat it and they're going to have huge bills. They're, they're just postponing and making the rest of their life miserable. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. It's like, just make, just make damn sure that you enjoy the time you have left. <laughs> just buy me some cigarettes and shut up and let me enjoy the rest of my time. You know what you would have to do? You should switch to menthols because that's like medicinal. <laughs> that's like that's like a cough drop right in your lungs. It just opens it it just, just opens them up. I just don't understand it. It just seems so dumb to me because you're just going to die and you're going to get sick and then you're going to have bills. Assuming it prolongs it at all. Mm-mm. Because it's a guess. Yeah. I just be, I feel fine. You know, and I'm going to do this till I die and give me morphine and pain pills. I have no kids. I have no family. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. 
And I'm not saying I want it to happen. I'm just saying that if it does, yeah, I'm not going to be stupid about it. You know? Yeah. You know, you would miss me. Steve would miss me. But you guys would get it. Eh. <laughs> oh, totally. No, I totally would understand that. Oh, I would be on oxygen in the hospital just bitching because they couldn't smoke. And I'd make them wheel me outside. Oh my god. I don't wanna I don't wanna be the one having to argue with you about how you can't have a cigarette. <laughs> oh, I would. You would be smoking through your tracheotomy hole. You would totally be that guy. You would totally be I would terrible but true. You would totally be like Welcome to Flavor Country. Yep. <laughs> Terrible, but true. <laughs> totally. Well, that's an upbeat note. That's right. It may be awful, but we're right. We are. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you! never ever suck the dick that had fucked my mother i'm sorry come on yeah no no